1: On DAB, Plus, online, via the Talksport app, and on your smart speaker. Women's Football Weekly with faker others and leading guests from the world of women's football. Cuts back
2: onto her right foot um. and finds the
1: net. On Talksport 2.
3: Welcome to Women's Football Weekly. There's just over a week to go until the Women's Euros kick off at Old Trafford and England added even more credentials to their tournament favourite status with an emphatic win over the Netherlands at Ellen Road.
2: Deflected away and then the effort hits the post from Stanway and then Hemp! Oh, wonderful! On the volley, left-footed, into the corner. What a night under the lights for England.
3: The Lionesses came from a goal down to win 5-1, putting in one of the most impressive performances since Serena Wiegmann's arrival, but she's urged her team not to get overexcited.
4: Just a a moment now in preparation for the Euros, so we'll stay grounded, we know where we want to go to. There are many good things, but also some things that we really want to improve uh, before we go into the Euros.
3: Over here at Women's Football Weekly, we can't help but get just a little bit excited about England's chances this summer. Is it coming home? What do you think, Beth Mead? We hope so. (laughs) Come on, Beth, you can do better than that. You've got loads more energy and enthusiasm, I know you have. We've got all the big interviews from last week's Media Day at St George's Park. Our roving reporter Bradley Hayden's also been uh, chatting to the Englands under 19 squad and even though this is an England special we'll hear from Northern Ireland manager Kenny Shields after he announced his Euro squad this is Women's Football Weekly National Radio's only dedicated women's football
5: show Women's Football Weekly with Faye others.
0: Hi I'm Leah Williamson from Arsenal Women and you can follow the WSL on Talksport too
3: Well, who better to have on the show when it's an England special than former England defender and 2015 World Cup bronze medalist Laura Bassett. How are you doing, Laura?
6: I'm well, thanks, Faye. How are you?
3: Very good,
6: thank you. Talk to me
3: about Ed Sheeran.
6: (laughs) I know. Apologies, I didn't make it up to Ellen Road. I was at Wembley watching Ed Sheeran, so he was very good. He had a bit of a rocky start, which... Maybe the Lioness did as well. Um, But yeah, he had a bit of a rocky start with a few technical hitches, but then he absolutely rocked out. And it was a bit like, when it got dark, it was like Ed Sheeran after, after lights go out, after dark. It was got a bit, the intensity and... It was way better than when a summer's night so oh, yeah. a
3: bit of those torches out moment yeah yeah. they had that, that. Elm Road you missed it it oh, was like no, a concert everything. atmosphere it was pretty amazing <laughs> I understand that Ed Sheeran also donned himself an England women's shirt with 22 on the back and lots of Uben Moyers claimed that uh, it's her number I mean it is her number officially it was announced on Sunday it <laughs> is her number however I'm not sure when Ed did that he knew that it was her number <laughs>
6: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she'll allow it to loan for a couple of couple of gigs at Wembley. So, but no, yeah, that was a that was a really nice moment and touch, and yeah. So hopefully, people were wondering why you was wearing that, and uh, yeah, they go and get some tickets.
3: Yeah, fingers crossed. And what a night you missed at Ellen Road on Friday. Take a listen to this. Tonight
2: is arguably the biggest test of. Each- Face a familiar foe in the shape of the Netherlands. Right footed towards Mons at the near post, flick header into the corner and in. And the Netherlands lead here at Elland Road, and it is a goal that has been coming. Lucy Bronze will get to it though, right handed to the penalty area, space and time to take in the cross. It hit the post and got in. Well, I'm not sure whether she meant it, but England haven't. Equalizer. Vond the Dog has collected the ball inside the penalty area. Angle is tight. She's surely fouled by Greenwood. A delayed VAR check. The referee is looking at multiple angles. She signals that her decision has been made. And she signals for a penalty kick to the Netherlands. The referee blows the whistle. Here goes Spitzer. Oh, and it's gone wide. Unbelievable. Emperor's got two in the middle to aim at! And Bentley has turned it in off the bench. Two Mike Kerwell from the edge of the box. Oh, and it's gone all the way. have beaten the reigning European champions live on Talk Sport by five goals to one.
3: Well, who would have thought that? At one point, I thought it was going to be the 4-1, very, uh, remi- um, very similar to Euro 96 with the men beating the Netherlands uh, 4-1, but five it was. Go one better, why not? But I tell you what, they were so under pressure in, in the first half, Laura. Really struggled to bring the ball out from the back. Sloppy in possession. It just did not look like the England side we're, we're used to seeing under Serena Wiegmann. It looked like the England side from that Belgium first half, uh, which they eventually went on and won 3-0. And the opening goal, which we need to discuss, uh, Lika Martins with a, a fantastic header from the corner. Um, I think Mary Earp's... Probably could have done better uh, for that one. Certainly, um, Kira Walsh lost her player at the same time. And it was the first time that England had gone behind since Serena Vigman came in in September. And they looked all over the place.
6: Yeah, I think that's right. I think there was a few mistakes, wasn't there, leading up to even conceding the corner. You know, we played ourselves under pressure. Um, you know, when we're playing that from the back from Mary Earps, Alex Greenwood and Millie Bright are so deep in line with Mary, actually. So we're persistent on, you know, being quite flat. Um, and yeah, it's, you know, you just have to be careful. if, if Teams are high pressing with the, with the pace, the execution, the nous um, that the Netherlands players did you have to know where where your out balls are where where you're going to go longer so um, and then obviously Millie Bright giving Alex Green with the short pass which led on to the corner so in tournament football in international football you know when you know the opposition have such huge stature in players Nau and Spitzer who's her who is on point you don't want to invite them on invite unnecessary pressure so it was a little bit disappointing. Then I, I thought the, the setup from the corner was really interesting with four big, huge zonal markers, Beth England in the near post space and then only three blockers, which obviously the numbers add up. But, you know, even those blockers can't stop Lika Martins from getting that first touch. So, you know, we did those four zonal markers because there's four of them. You end up kind of, when you're in that position, you end up doing nothing because there's a player right in front of you and right behind you if you're in the middle zone. So it's a really interesting setup. We have some really big, aggressive players willing to, to attack balls. But if you're in a zonal market, it sometimes restricts you and you sort of pass on responsibility rather than knowing what's your job. So really disappointing. Um, I agree. But, you know, really, really pleased in terms of the reaction.
3: Yeah, the reaction was massive. It, it came from Lucy Bronze getting them back into it ten minutes later. I mean, her body language just showed it all. She shrugged her shoulders and just kind of pulled her socks up a little bit and was a bit embarrassed.
6: Even if you're embarrassed, even if it's a fluke, just celebrate it a bit more. Come on,
3: Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone else celebrated it. I mean, it was, it was, it was a cross, and it was, it was aiming. For Beth England, and she would have planted it into the back of the net anyway, so it was it was a sure goal. So so take it as a, a as a goal, Lucy Bronze. Um, but half time came, and we did wonder how the game was going to go and then Holland won a penalty. Sharida Spitzer on her 200th cap stepped up to take it, but hit the post. Um, little bit of housery, perhaps, from Mary Earps in the goal there. She knew she was at fault possibly footwork-wise for that opener uh, that the Netherlands scored, but I mean, she more than made up for it, didn't she?
6: Yeah, that's right, but I think that's all part and parcel. I think hopefully we've learnt from the World Cup in 2009 with, you know, so much drama and contention over goalkeepers staying on the line, having to have one foot and all that drama so hopefully we've come up with strategies and but certainly you're right I think Mary Ertz knew what she was doing knew I think you know obviously goalkeepers now and and their their staff members and their goalkeeping coaches do a, a hell of a lot of research and Spitzer we know is a as a specialist so there would be lots and lots of footage of that um but yeah I love all that I think it's more I think it's needed The the amount of time that it took from when the penalty, the VAR decision, well, mm. the VAR, how long, then the decision, then how long. I think, you know, I think all that has to come into play when you're trying to stifle teams. So I was really pleased to see that, house, really, if, if you like, <laughs> and kind of next level dirty
3: tactics. Well, you've you got, you got to enforce them, that's for sure. And, and you know, it, it, it was exactly the right decision as well because Alex Greenwood hadn't got any of the ball. And that is why it's so, so important to have VAR uh, coming up in, in this tournament. Um, what I loved about England is, and this I feel as if is, the winning mentality that Serena Viegman has put into this side, they immediately were like, right, OK, we could have been 2-1 down there. We're not having this. Straight down the other end um, and substitute Beth Mead firing in Lauren Hemp's cross, which was a beaut anyway. But, I mean, Beth Mead, for me, needs to start on the bench more often because she was... <laughs> to the minute she got on the pitch. She was not happy she wasn't starting. She knew she hadn't made that much of an impact in the Belgium game as well. And uh, yeah, definitely need to, to bottle up whatever it is that Beth Mead, <laughs> whatever it is that makes Beth Mead angry.
6: Yeah, I want to know how many energy gels she took at half time. There must have been four or five to, like you say, get that pumped up. But Yeah, this this second goal. Look, firstly, I I liked what England. They were under pressure. There was mistakes. I liked the fact that Mary Earps stepped up and made a couple of crucial saves. We haven't seen Mary Earps tested a lot, so for her confidence going into the tournament, huge moments for her to know that she can step up when needed. Um, but yeah like you say there wasn't a you know a feeling sorry there wasn't it was kind of like an impetus to drive forward and this goal I've watched it so many times I just it just gets better and better doesn't it the fact that it starts on the right hand side with Beth Mead securing the ball then it switches across the pitch but the weight of pass the limited touches if it needs to go to feet it goes to feet with the right details if it goes to space it does and yeah, you just have to find yourself... The Dutch players couldn't get nowhere near it to affect the ball. It was that good um, with that much quality. Um, and then the final cross from Hemp and, and the, the finish from Meads. You can just see that the celebration... You can see how you do often do those moments and those play from back to front in training ground ma- matches... And you're pumped up and you love it, but it's so difficult to execute it in a game when it matters and and to take yourselves in the lead. So that one, that's my favourite. I must put it out there. That's my favourite goal of that night.
3: That's what's quite funny, isn't it? Actually, it doesn't matter, this game. It's a friendly. However, you could really tell that it mattered because the Lionesses knew that it was going to be a statement when I'd spoken to Serena Viegman leading up to the game she said it doesn't matter whether we win lose or draw at the end of the day you know I need to find out what's, what's going on with my team and um, you know the, the, the result is not important at the end of the day but we knew it was because the narrative surrounding the Lionesses would have vastly changed if they'd have lost that now they've got even more pressure on them on themselves because people are going well if you can steamroller the reigning European champions what else can you do Um, And then when you've got a squad depth like Serena Wiegmann has, because that I think is what was highlighted most evidently in the game at Ellen Road. Ella Toon has given her a real headache.
6: Yeah, I really liked how Ella Toon affected the game. I think I think maybe in the first half we struggled to get Lauren Hemp into the game. Netherlands were dropping deep, you know, very smartly, denying the spacing behind and and doubling up on Lauren Hemp when needed. And Millie Bright's balls weren't quite reaching. And But what I liked about Ella Toon when she came on, she made the runs into down the left-hand side to link up. Well, like Frank Kirby was doing in the first half on the right-hand side. But on this left-hand side, we seemed to have this sluggish thing going on with even not really knowing our left back. If we have Demi Demi Stokes, she opens up the pitch. Um, Alex Greenwood was playing in balls into central areas rather than out to Lauren Hemp. But then if we play Rachel Daly, who's excellent defensively and adds a real aggressiveness to a game, you know, again, Rachel Daly's hips body shape will always go inside or back to Alex Greenwood. So, but what I liked about Ella Toon, she opens up the spaces, she runs, she takes defenders away, which sometimes gives Lauren Hemp more time and space. And when she has that, we look a totally different team, but you're right, I think the subs made a different impact, changed the game, the intensity, the hunger. And sometimes it's not about tactics, is it? It's about those personality characteristics that you're not going to settle for for what the game's shown. You're going to change the momentum and change the outlook.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And Ella Toon on the score sheet. And then uh, Lauren Hemp, I know you preferred the, uh, the Beth Mead goal, but the Lauren Hemp <laughs> volley was pretty special to make it 4-1. And then, of course, Beth Mead capping off the whole lot with her second of the game. Uh, first time that England have beaten uh, the Netherlands by four goals since... Sarita Spitzer made her debut in two thousand and six. So, I mean, that's a bit mean, isn't it? It was her it was her two hundredth cap. How to ruin it for her. Um let's hear from the woman who got the brace on Friday. Beth Mead spoke to Talk Sports Flo Lloyd Hughes after the final whistle. Beth, what a night. Never in doubt, surely.
7: Never in doubt. <laughs> Tough first half, bit sloppy from us. Knew we had a lot more quality and uh, to be fair we kept ourselves in the game, we got the equaliser and we came out a different team second half. Yeah, what did Serena say to you in, in, at half time? Because it's the first time you guys have gone a goal down since she came in as coach. So it's not a feeling you're used to? No, it's not. But sometimes it's things we need to learn from. And, you know, she said to us at half time, she knows the quality we've got in the team, the things we can do with um, a football team. And, yeah, the subs I thought were amazing tonight. Every single sub that came on made the difference. And sometimes that's what you need in football.
3: And when you were under pressure in that first half, it, it was tough. You obviously know a lot of the players on the Netherlands team really well. What was the feeling amongst the squad at
7: half-time when you came in, when things were quite difficult? Obviously, it's something we've not been used to recently, but I think the girls, like we've just shown there, reacted really, really well. We played some amazing football. We trusted in our ability and came back out the second half, scored lots of girls. Such a good atmosphere tonight. How would you rank this in some of the England matches you've played in? Yeah, I think it's up there against a very, very good Netherlands side. I think you've got to rank it up there um, with a defeat such as 5-1 against them. So, yeah, we're just super happy to get the win and we're heading in the right direction. That
3: was Beth Mead there speaking to producer Flo Lloyd-Hughes, who also spoke to the England head coach Serena Wiegmann. She's been so calm and collected as the excitement and expectation continues to build in England and was as cool as she always is telling TalkSport after the match she's not getting carried away.
4: Yeah, it was really nice. Um, I think we were struggling the first half. We didn't play our our best game we could. Uh, the Netherlands came uh, the first half very well, uh, so we're struggling. It's good for our uh, side. That's, well, at the end I can say that, that, that we conceded a goal, so we got behind. That uh, hasn't happened yet so, since last September. Uh, but we came back and we improved our game and in the second half we were so much better and uh, we could even improve the game and bring the tempo of the game to a higher level, uh, also with the sub- substitutes we made. So, um, and I think um, that was really good, we scored some goals, so the route of this was good uh, today and at the end it's really nice um, to win 5-1. Uh, but it's just uh, a moment now in preparation for the Euro, so we'll stay grounded, we know where we want to go to. There are many good things, but also some things that we really want to improve. Uh, before we go into the Euros.
5: And so much confidence in your
3: side. What did you say to them at half-time to spur on such an incredible second half?
4: Well, I think that the players themselves knew we were playing under our strengths. We didn't play our best game. I don't know what it was, maybe get some things off our shoulders and just play and, and have courage to get higher ball tempo, to skip players, uh, to get more dynamic in our game, in possession, all of it. And, and we had some little tweaks in defence and... Uh, um, and in in possession. And I think uh, we did a very good job the second half.
3: That was Serena Wiegmann there speaking to producer Flo Lloyd-Hughes after that 5-1 demolition of her former side, the Netherlands. By the way, just a little bit of confusion on the night because really bizarrely, England decided to play in their new away kind of corally orange kit. Um, They of course had a Dutch manager in the dugout. The Netherlands had an English manager in the dugout And we're playing in white and it was just your brain automatically (laughs) gets very, very modelled. Um, I still don't really know the, the the reason behind it commercially. I keep meaning to ask. That's very poor journalism on my behalf because <laughs> I keep meaning to ask the question. Um, but yeah, I mean, thankfully we will predominantly see England uh, in white from now on. And of course, TalkSport will be bringing you live coverage of England's final pre-tournament friendly against Switzerland, which is on the thirtieth of June. I'll be bringing you the action from Zurich alongside commentator Sam Matterface and former England striker Leanne Sanderson. Of course, you'll also be to listen to live commentary of all of England's Euro 2022 games on Talksport, as well as Northern Ireland's group matches on Talksport 2. You're listening to Women's Foot Weekly on Talksport 2. I'm Faker Others of former England defender Laura Bassett. Coming up, we're going to hear from some of the lionesses hoping for home glory. This is Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, the only show on national radio dedicated to women's football. I'm Faker Others. World Cup bronze medalist Laura Bassett is with me. And don't forget, if you do miss any of our shows or you want to listen again, our podcast is available on the TalkSport app, so you can just go ahead and download it today. Uh, now then, last week, I headed down to St George's Park with TalkSport's Joe Shannon for the Lionesses' Big Media Day. I mean, it was pretty impressive, in 2019, ahead of the World Cup, Laura, um, that was like a big statement of intent. What What was it like for you in, in previous tournaments that you've been in?
6: Uh, yeah, I think it was more of a, an announcement day. It was more about getting everyone together and then the media at the same time, which was still like a really nice buzz. But like you say, the, the 2019 and this year's, you know, it's just took it to a next, next level, it feels like all access areas, you know, players really, if they come to the forefront, you can show personality, you can maybe do different things and you really get to know the players and their, what drives them, what motivates them and, and different quirky fun questions. So I think previously it's it's been different, but I think the volume of media now is, is the main difference.
3: You see always, you know, some players who, who absolutely... Love Media Days, other players that absolutely hate it. It was quite funny. Uh, Demi Stokes was just hiding. She didn't want to go and talk to anybody, so she was hoping no one would grab her. So just to let you know how it works, they came in um, groups. So there were five or six players per group um, four groups in total, big countdown clock in the middle of the futsal arena at St George's Park. And you had 15 minutes with each group and just grab what you can, basically. And Demi just kept trying to like hide. I was like, no, I'm going to talk to you anyway. Um, Rachel Daly as well. I know she always feels like she has to media but isn't necessarily uh, the biggest fan but one woman who's getting very used to being the centre of attention when it comes to, to England uh, is England captain Leah Williamson she was first up and I sat down with her to talk about captaining her country at her home Euros and the pressure and expectation that comes with it I mean it's a kind of pinch yourself moment isn't it
0: oh yeah um, I, I don't think it's something that I obviously think about too much but when it's said out loud it's yeah. I don't know. It's nice. It's exciting. I can't. I actually can't wait to get into the tournament now. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean, we've been talking about it for such a long time. I remember going to the first 500-day countdown, which seems like forever ago, and then it didn't happen in in 2021 when it was supposed to. But now you're captain. Yeah. Does that kind of how how does that weigh on your shoulders?
0: Yeah, it's different. It you know, um, it's an extra role and responsibility that somebody has to do, and and obviously that's on me. Um, But. I'm excited about it and, I, you know, maybe there will be a point where the pressure creeps in um, and obviously there is, there's a responsibility, but in terms of the first emotion, it's, yeah, it's excitement. I, I, I just think, what what an honour, what a privilege.
3: The last major tournament England were in, I was out in France with you then.
0: Yeah. Um, I know your family came
3: over on a bus. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they don't have to do that over yeah. here. Yeah. Um, you really didn't get on the pitch that, that much and yeah. now you're in a situation where you're playing a different position, more more in midfield for Serena Wiegmann and, yeah. a, and, your, and your captain. How much did you learn from the experience in France?
0: I think obviously it gives me, um, you know, I've, I've sat in those shoes and and I've had that role in the team and, and I loved every second. I, I knew what my role was. I knew I wasn't going to play much and I tried to be the best version of myself for the team. But I think that's maybe what's, Led to how I feel now i I don't intend to waste a second of anything that we're doing because you know obviously i wasn't I wasn't that involved when we were there um so maybe that's yeah maybe that's why i'm I'm so excited i suppose leah
3: williamson there lioness's captain uh speaking to me i mean she's she's so young when you think about it twenty five years old and uh, an England captain. She's so mature when you speak to her. She also, by the way, had a fantastic um, recommendation for me to watch Lincoln Lawyer on Netflix when we were doing some more fun stuff. And I have now binge watched Lincoln Lawyer. Oh, really? Bearing in mind, the media day was less than a week ago. <laughs> already watched it all, so <laughs> cheers for that, Leah. I won't get those uh, minutes of my life back again. But uh, there's obviously uh, a lot going on with, with Steph Horton not going to the tournament a- at all. The armband being given to, to Leah Williamson by Serena Viegman when she first came in, but she's certainly grabbed it by the scruff of it of the neck.
6: Yeah, I think I think you're right, Faye. I think when she speaks, I think everyone listens because she speaks sense. She's with maturity, with experience, even with, you know, even a tender age of 25. Um And I think the way she plays, it just inspires everyone around her. You know, you know what you're going to get, whether that's in centre midfield or like in the second half on Friday night at centre back. She just gives you that stability. You look, she's that type of player that you would look towards to be, you know, not phased by anything, always calm, she's got everything in control, in check. And you need those people in tournament football because there are going to be wobbly moments like what we saw in the first half. There are going to be momentum changes and, and you need those people to look towards and Leah's certainly one of those that's like right we've got this let's do this for the next five minutes let's go you know and and you know that she's kind of not she she probably admits that she hasn't got all the answers because no captain does so she's going to draw upon those around her those on the bench those in the staff um so i think it's a really good recipe for success and and hopefully you know the, the girls get behind her, which she certainly seems. She's got the respect of all the players.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So that was England captain Leah Williamson. Let's find out who's up next. Lucy Bronze, always yep. a pleasure. Thank you. And now you. we can say Barcelona's Lucy Bronze. Uh, yeah. How did that move come about?
8: Um, yeah, I mean, it, my agent actually was pe- pestering me asking what I'm going to do next year, um, and I said I don't want to. I don't want to speak about it until the season's done. I wanted to play well for City make sure I was in good shape for the for the Euros. Um, and then, yeah, the first week ends of uh, the season and there's Barcelona. Um, spoke with the manager and the general manager and was like, yeah, I got my heart set on on playing in Spain and playing in one of the best teams in the world. And obviously already playing abroad in Lyon, that, that experience was the best of my life. Um, so I have an opportunity to go and do it at another club was, yeah, It was just unbelievable. The smile that I had probably went ear to ear, Um, but then I had to keep it secret for a while, (laughs) which we did well. Um, And then, yeah, to finally have it announced. Um, Yeah, super excited about that. And now I get to fully focus on the Euros, knowing that I'm going to a fantastic team afterwards.
3: Now you said it didn't feel like home. That makes me so sad that this doesn't feel like home. But obviously, over the summer, it is going to be your home. How special is this home Euros going to be? How excited are you? About yeah, that?
8: it's it's so special. I think to play with our family and friends, being able to come to all our games, to play in these amazing stadiums. Old Trafford, obviously, is going to be a, a pretty historical moment uh, to kick off the Euros with. And yeah, just have the fans, even, even coming to training sessions when we've had the, a couple of young teams come and watch us. Things like that that you wouldn't be able to do if you were playing abroad elsewhere in a Euros in a different country. Um, so for us, we're excited about it. We know that it potentially adds a little bit more pressure, but at the same time, I think we feel, we feel the support rather than pressure right now.
3: I don't think Lucy Bronze is someone who feels pressure, do you, Laura?
8: I think she feels it but
6: I think she thrives on it the more she loves it, she loves proving people wrong, she loves just getting out there, playing, like I say, enjoying every moment. But one thing I must say about that move, I love the fact that it was a secret. I love the fact, I mean, I know we're in a different era of women's football and a journalist leaked this, you know, rumour information. Yeah, I get that's part of the game. But the fact that, you know, one of the world's best players and no one knew, I actually messaged her, I was like, fair play, huge respect for keeping it a secret for so long. And she said that just... A couple of people knew, and only her family members knew a few days before. So I was like, I just love it. I love it. It's so different to what we've become accustomed to.
3: Yeah, I think it's important as well, actually, because you know she wants to be in control, and I, I think it's good that it's it was announced before the tournament as well, so that there's no constant speculation, constant asking of the of the question. Um, someone else who's used to the same kind of questions is uh, Fran Kirby. I sat down w- with her talking about her comeback obviously after she'd been out with fatigue and and how she's getting back to her best on the pitch
9: Yeah I mean obviously went through that period where you know I had to stop training, I had to stop playing and stuff so that was um, a bit of a difficult time Um, and I think like like you just said just now you know I wasn't even thinking about football I'd have conversations with Serena and I'd just be like look I'm not even thinking about football, not even thinking about the Euros or anything like that so yeah I mean You know, obviously, at the time when the announcement was made, it was something, you know, that we didn't know how long it was going to take um, for me to kind of feel better and to feel fresh and to feel ready to go again. Um, And then, yeah, obviously, I worked with some amazing people who gave me some really good ideas in terms of getting back out on the pitch. And yeah, obviously, I I made my recovery. And like, like you said, I'm sat here now. So that's really nice.
3: Yeah, it's lovely. And you made such an impact when you came on in the Belgian game in particular. How good is it to be back on the grass?
9: It's really nice. You know, obviously, before the end of the season, I was back in training with Chelsea and kind of involved in the FA Cup final, even though I didn't get on the pitch. But, you know, it was really good confidence for me to be back in training before I came away with England. Um, Obviously, like I said, I had really good conversations with Serena in terms of going into the Euros. And, you know, she made it clear to me that she wanted me to come in, she wanted me to train and to see how I was. And we were honest with each other from the beginning. I said to her, look, I'm not going to you know, say that I'm alright if I'm not, I'm going to be honest with you. You know, it's, it's not right for me to say I'm in a good place if I'm not. Um, and she was the same, you know, she's going to be transparent with me. And she said, if I didn't feel like you were going to be ready, I'd tell you. So, you know, it was just that open dialog, I think, which was really important for me and my confidence and just my overall feeling about being back. And yeah, getting on the pitch the other night was was really, really nice.
3: Yeah, on the pitch the other night. But when you were announced in the squad, that must have felt like a kind of almost a new chapter for you.
9: It was a massive relief um, when Serena told me, you know, I'd I'd worked hard in the trainings, and for me it was a case of, you know, I I did everything that I could to show that I was ready and to show that I could be, you know, in a good place coming into July and into the tournament. So I had to work really hard to show that and, you know, it, it showed that the hard work paid off because um, obviously Serena named me in the squad and the girls have been amazing, you know, welcoming me back in into the team and being around me, you know, giving me that confidence. Um, so, yeah, overall, I'm just really happy.
3: You've been in the squad a long time now. Um, you
9: sound old now. No, I'm sorry. Well, you're still
3: much younger than me, so don't worry about that. But at the same time, come so close so many times. What is it about this set of players that can potentially go on and do something really special and actually lift the European Championship?
9: Yeah I mean obviously we have a really really good squad I think the game in, in England is growing and is getting better and I think the players that are being brought into the WSL are improving the levels and, and raising our own levels as English players um, but yeah I mean it's, it's a really exciting group we've got a real good mix of experienced players like myself, Lucy Bronze, Jill Scott and like you said those who have experienced that heartbreak you know at the final hurdle and for us we want to make sure that we have a chance to do it again and hopefully win a trophy but we all know you know that it doesn't it doesn't really matter what you do you know you have to be ready on the 6th of July when the first game and that's where i think you really see where you're at and where you're ready as a team if you where you kind of get that gauge for the tournament so i think everyone's just really excited and hopefully you know we can go out there and win a trophy because that's what every other nation wants to do as well
3: Chelsea in England's Frank Kirby always speaks so well Laura doesn't she and it's so good to see her back seemingly relaxed and and enjoying her football again and doing what she does best
6: Oh yeah it's fantastic to hear she's a special player well she has been a special player and she still is a special player for our country so and I'm really excited to see how Fran does because I think there's been a, in previous tournaments there was a lot a lot of pressure on her head you know maybe previously it was Kelly Smith in that number 10 role then it was Frank Kirby so an extremely a lot of pressure but because of maybe her journey this season that she's been on and other players we're talking about Lauren Hemp we're talking about Beth Mead we're talking about Ellen White with you know all these Leah Williamson and so maybe I'm really excited to see an intrigue just maybe what hey I'm here to enjoy myself I'm going to Experience this a home yours in front of my friends and family, and take it to her. So I hope that she thrives in that moment. Look, she loves she loves pressure, friends. She's a big time player. She loves playing football. She's so such a generational talent. She's special. So I'm um, I'm actually excited for this tournament because let let the others you know, take the headlines and, and let everyone else talk about them. And, and, and she comes up trumps when we need, need her most.
3: That's a really, really good point. And obviously you've not played in a home tournament for, for England, but you know what it's like to have that pressure and expectation on you. And and as you say, if it's spread around the girls, that the, the 23 women that have been selected, that can only be a good thing going forward and they can support each other.
6: Yeah, definitely. And I think, look, going back to the depth, you know, it's look, if things aren't going going our way, you know, you have to come together as a group. Of course, you every player wants to play minutes, but like Leah Williamson alluded to earlier, you kind of find your way and accept your role within the squad because that, that's just football. That's just how it is. That doesn't mean you don't stop trying to get minutes or trying to get into the team, but you find your way. And, and that's one thing that I hope the, the, the squad really capitalise and believe in. And uh, if it's not working for you, don't worry, someone else will come in and take it to the next level. But that might be you the next game. So I really think if you have that, I know it's, it's maybe togetherness isn't the right word because, of course, they've got a good team camaraderie, but respect and kind of like, look, it, it's not my, put your hand No, it's not my game today. The fullback, for example, has got the better of me. You go, you come on, have a go, at. It. I'll get the next one. So kind of that tag team, I hope that work, works for them. And, and But also, look, it's it's Serena's choice, isn't it? The players can have a mindset we hope that Serena maybe have the courage and the bravery and maybe the tactical nuances and the timing of the substitutes to really see this depth, what we've seen in the pre friendlies, come into play in the tournament.
3: Mm, it's going to be fascinating to, to watch. There are so many characters in this team as well. You know, we always talk about Jill Scott in particular as being the, the joker of the pack and one of the favourites for sure. But I tell you what, she's got a bit of a rival in Manchester United, Toon. We sat down and had some fun with her.
10: Ella, um, first England game you went to? Probably not long ago. Right. <laughs> probably. To be fair, the one that I remember is me and George Stanway went to the 2017 Euros and watched um, England play Scotland. There you go. So, yeah, I've, probably that one. <laughs> Do you remember the
3: first game you played in?
10: My first game for England. England? Yeah, of course. Um, my debut um, against Northern Ireland came on at half time and scored, and yeah, I'll probably never ever forget that one.
3: First car you bought?
10: Well, my mum and dad bought me a Ford Ka for my first car. Um, And then the one I bought next was a little Audi A1. Nice. Uh, Last concert you went to? I went to Ed Sheeran, actually, the other week. Unreal. Um, He does everything himself, like plays it all himself with his feet and stuff. I I was was just going to say what you're doing with your feet. (laughs) (laughs) He was doing it with his feet, but yeah, unreal.
3: Uh, Last football shirt you bought?
10: You know what? Not for myself, but I just bought my little niece um, a First England kit. Um, the r one the away one um, so yeah that was the last one i bought and she's gonna look so cute
3: they're lovely with the hologram yeah. they look really good uh last tv series you finished
10: just watched um i forgot what it's called but it's on netflix and it's like a detective one i'm really in the staircase like, no can't remember sandy sandy said to watch it and i watched it in about a day but, but it must have been that good because i can't remember what it's called <laughs>
3: <laughs> um and what will you do if you win the euros
10: Oh, what will I do? Cry, party. Yeah, go on holiday. <laughs> <laughs> cry
3: party and go on holiday I mean some holidays end up like that to be fair <laughs> but most of the girls when I asked them that question said party so there's going to be an almighty one I think Lucy Bronze offered to host it in uh, in Barcelona So and I did ask for an invite and was told I <laughs> might get one so you never know uh, we shall see uh, you're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2 with Faker, others, and former England defender Laura Bassett with me as well this is an England special ahead of UEFA Women's Euro 20 2022, But there is another team we're going to be keeping our eye on in England's group. Next, we'll hear from the Northern Ireland manager, Kenny Shields, as he announces his squad.
1: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood a*****? Ass- absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness because one purchased equals one donated. Wow. Did we just write an ad? Yes.
2: Bombus. big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase.
1: The Premier League all access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Labrooks. Odds update on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18+, be gambleaware.org, T's and C's apply.
3: You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on Talksport, two the UK's only national radio show dedicated to women's football, with me Faye Carruthers and former England defender Laura Bassett. Don't forget if you do miss any of our shows or you want to listen again, our podcast is available on the Talksport app, so you can just go ahead and download it today. Now, England's Group A rivals Northern Ireland announced their squad earlier. It's going to be their first ever appearance at a major tournament. Let's hear um, a clip of that historic squad announcement video that was released.
4: Together we've come a long way Nobody gave us a chance But We're changing the game We're making history This is our dream A new dream An unstoppable movement Now you can see us You can be us Watch us rise We've got what it takes And we always give our all We battle with passion for every ball and we're only just getting started.
3: Brilliant stuff. Can't wait to see Northern Ireland in their first ever Euros. Uh, these are the headlines uh, from the squad. Captain Marissa Callahan is expected to be ready for the tournament after being named in the squad despite her injury. Um, she's not played since a minor toe injury left her in a protective boot back in May. The Irish FA said the 36-year-old is expected to be ready for the Euros despite continuing her recovery less than two weeks before the start of the tournament in England. Is that a bit of a risk, Laura?
6: Um, well, yes, and it's always a risk, isn't it? But I think just what she means to the Northern Irish team, her experience, how valuable she is, it's not really a risk. And uh, maybe the, they you can take a squad of 23 players and maybe the level that she plays plays at, um, like I say, and how valuable she is, maybe she's not a risk because, you know, they need her fit, healthy, um, and, and maybe they have time, maybe they know medical reasons how long she will take to get there.
3: Mm, it's interesting isn't it when you think that it went the other way for, for Steph Horton uh, of course who would have been an important member of the squad and I know certainly when I was speaking uh, to former Leeds United uh, women's striker Lucy Ward at Ellen Road the other night she thought it was a big mistake actually that, that Steph Horton missed out on the on the squad so let's see whether that will play into Northern Ireland's uh, hands. Former Glasgow City striker Kerry Beatty, Southamptons Kiara Watling and Cliftonville's Tony Lee Finnegan have missed out on the 23. Uh, I mean it's Always heartbreaking uh, for players to, to miss out at such a close stage, of course, as well, because they've been in this elongated training camp, haven't they, Northern Ireland, uh, for such a long time now. Uh, 13 of the players selected ply their trade in the women's premiership in Northern Ireland. They lost uh, 4-1 to Belgium in their only Euro 2022 warm-up game and head coach Kenny Shields said he was really frustrated with just having the one warm-up game uh, before the tournament and didn't know why more games weren't organised, uh, specifically with Wales, Scotland and Republic of Ireland, who were all on an international duty at the moment. For, for World Cup qualifiers. So a bit disappointing from that point of view.
6: Yeah, I think so. And I think in that game, I think they were competitive in the Belgium game. They had the keeper sent off for the last uh, 25 minutes. So obviously that that wouldn't have helped. But I think, I think I agree. I think, you know, for them, they need competitive game. For, to be in a camp for seven months for so long, you need to see how you're going to, you know, rather than rocking up to that first game against Norway and thinking, well, how are we going to perform? you don't know you know you're already thinking that because it's such a huge big tournament um so yeah it was a bit disappointing that they haven't got more warm up games compared to some of the other nations but you know there are other things you can put in place a lot of in house games maybe playing some of the boys teams or but you know nothing really replicates that international even if it's a friendly that's that feel around the game
3: yeah well, when you think that england had Belgium, then really strong opposition in, in the Netherlands and then have Switzerland as well. It's That's the kind of preparation that, that you want. Um, earlier on, Northern Ireland head coach Kenny Shields discussed his squad and what they've achieved just by qualifying for this tournament.
2: If we look at the girls, these are the same girls that were haven't won for I don't know how long. So to see them able to compete and overcome nations that were wobbling them made me think, well, oh, my staff and I have made some sort of contribution here because these girls are playing so much better now than what they were. So you get satisfaction from that. And I felt so excited by how they transformed themselves into becoming better. It was amazing if you'd watched them play before. Uh, we're not taking any credit for that. I'm just saying that the, you know, the transition from being in a bad place to being in a very, very good place, they've grasped it and, you know, they deserve so much for that.
3: Yep, they really do. A um, historic moment for, for Northern Ireland. Uh, don't forget, Talksport will be bringing you live commentary of all of England's Euros games and Northern Ireland's matches. We'll also have extensive coverage of the whole tournament. And of course, we'll be covering everything on Women's Football Weekly as well. This is Women's Football Weekly on Talksport 2. I'm Faker Others with Laura Bassett. Next, we're going to hear from the next generation of Lionesses ahead of their under Nineteen Euros campaign. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, the UK's only national radio show dedicated to women's football with me, Faye Others, and former England defender, Laura Bassett. We are available on podcast, don't forget that. Plenty of places you can download us. First, though, head to the TalkSport app to find us and you can obviously subscribe elsewhere as well. Uh, now, England's senior players aren't the only ones bidding for European glory this summer because England's under-19s are in the Czech Republic currently for the 2022 way for women's under-19s European Championship. The Young Lionesses are in a group with Norway, Sweden and Germany. And before the tournament kicked off, Bradley Hayden caught up with
5: head coach Gemma Davis. It was a tough qualifying campaign um, with uh, obviously the first round in uh, October, uh, second round in, in April. So I think first and foremost to, to qualify is... Uh, a huge achievement in, its, in itself um, and, and one of which the, the group are immensely proud of. Uh, and then I think secondly, it's the top eight teams in, in Europe uh, and, and both groups are, are tough. Uh, and that, that's great for us. That's going to be great exposure for the players is to play against some top, top nations. Um, so in, in, for their development, this is absolutely critical. We're at a critical point for them um, and, and, and gaining that exposure against these nations is going to be, you know, it's going to be an experience for them.
11: And in terms of this squad that you've currently got, looking through the names, there's lots of really exciting young talent that are playing in the WSL or have been playing regularly in the Women's Championship this season. I mean, just how important has that been, having them sort of playing regularly, regularly throughout the, the last year or so as well?
5: Yeah, na- naturally, of course, uh, those individuals that have had that first team experience and, and have played, have played minutes, of course, that contributes to, to their performance, um, both from a, a club perspective and when they come into the um, uh, to country and in the England environment. That, of course, it, it goes hand in hand. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, we also have a number of players that perhaps don't quite have that exposure uh, in terms of match minutes. But I think what's been uh, really critical for, for, for our age group and, and this season, it's just the training exposure that these individuals are getting and then making sure we we maximise the time we have with the group um, when we're on camp. Uh, and, that, and that's been a, a hugely key component for us as well.
3: Manager Gemma Davis speaking there. He also talked to Manchester United defender Tara Bourne about the players we need to be keeping an eye on during the tournament.
12: We have very good attacking threats. Our whole team's great. Um, through the starting and 11, to the people who are on the bench and supporting, and ready to come on to help the team. We have a great team of players and we can't, We all bring something different, which is great about us. Um, So say you're playing and you see someone ready to come on, it excites you because you know they're going to bring something different, something to help you to win the game. So I couldn't name one player. We're all so excited and ready to go and we're a great team.
11: And as a United player yourself, I mean, have you had any tips or messages for support from people like Ella Toon and uh, Alessi Russo as you, as you gear up for the tournament as well?
12: Yeah, they've wished me well, which is really nice of them. And I've done the same to them. We can't wait to support each other and hopefully see each other uh, succeed. And I'm sure the other girls at other clubs have had the same from, from the players around them. And they're so supportive and so good. So we can't wait to go and show them what we're about.
11: How much of an inspiration are those two to to you as well? I know you play in different positions, but considering, you know, the the progress they've made in, in recent years.
12: A huge inspiration and training by them every day. It just reminds you of that pathway and where you want to be. And they're such good people and players to be around. And like you say, an inspiration of where to look for to be in the future.
3: That was Manchester United defender Tara Bourne there and I can now tell you the tournament has kicked off. England started their campaign against Norway and they beat them 4-1 so a fantastic uh, start to the tournament. Norway's manager, by the way, the former interim boss of the Lionesses, Heger uh, So England coming back to haunt her yet yeah, again. Two goals for Chelsea's Aggie Beaver-Jones as well. The future certainly looks bright for the under-19s. We're focusing on on the Seniors and of course the Women's Euro's right here in England kicks off on the 6th of July at Old Trafford, England against Austria. Before that, though, we have live coverage of the final warm-up match in Zurich against Switzerland. And that is on Thursday, the 30th
6: of June. I'm excited, Laura
3: Bassett. Are you excited?
6: Oh, yes, always. I'm the biggest cheerleader. Always excited.
3: Well, <laughs> no doubt we shall speak to you throughout the tournament. But as always, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me, on, Ampe. Take care. I'm surprised you didn't see Ellatoone, Ed Sheeran. Didn't invite me, didn't
6: invite me.
3: Unbelievable. Thank you so much to Laura Bassett, Leah Williamson, Lucy Bronze, Frank Kirby, Ellatoone, to the Young Lionesses, Bradley Hayden, Producer Flo, and of course, as always, all of you for listening. Don't forget, if you do miss any of the show, you can download the Women's Football Weekly podcast via the TalkSport app. And as I said, next week we will be back for a Euros preview focusing on all the other contenders this summer, as well as another full focus on England
1: the premier league all access podcast is proud to be brought to you by ladbrooks the latest odds we set them form guides we've got them expert opinions we share them the best fans in the world deserve the best be match day ready before the whistle blows with ladbrooks odds update on talk sport with ladbrooks are you in let's go play at ladbrooks.com 18 plus be gambleaware.org T's and cs apply